What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, I usually start the show by asking you how you're doing, but I don't have to do that this week because I actually was in the same room with you for the first time ever this weekend. <laughs> so I know exactly how you're doing. You're, you seem like you're doing great. Yeah, man, it was fun. Uh, you were here in Richmond. We got to, you know, go have a beer, and then you came over to, to my house and got let, got the kids together. It was a lot of fun. So we, we should have probably taken a picture for some proof, you know, for social media if we were better at that. But Yeah, right. Oh well. we're, we're, <laughs> fail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, we did not fail on the beer. Richmond beer scene, man. Pretty nice. Mm-hmm. There were some good good spots there. Uh, Absolutely. And you, you recommended a place that combined my and my wife's favorite things, Hers being Vietnamese food and mine being beer. Uh, so Mekong is mm. for beer lovers. <laughs> uh, Richmond is for beer lovers, I guess. Virginia is That's for right. beer lovers. It was it was, it was was nice. And it wasn't all IPAs because I'm not a big IPA guy. I know you are. But uh, they had lots of, lots of uh, nice things for me to, to sip on as well. Oh, yeah. Extensive list for, for anyone. And that thing rotates so, so often. I mean, it's just... No matter when you go, you could come back a week from now and they'd have different beers and it's it's awesome. Yeah, and from our British listeners out there, they had a uh, a real uh, British, uh, real real ale uh, that was um, Coniston Bitter, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was the real deal. It's very hard to find something like that uh, here in the U.S., so I was I was pretty excited about that. And then don't bury the lead either. We we watched the Michigan game together. That's right. <laughs> the takedown of, of Penn State. So it was it, all in all a fantastic weekend, um, thankfully, because it wasn't so fantastic for my fantasy teams, or at least oh. some of them. I uh, suffered one, probably my most brutal loss so far of the 2022 season. I, I I had talked to you a little bit about this. I traded for Michael Gallup in a league. I traded Kieran Williams uh, for him, and uh, I ended up playing him out of desperation because Michael Thomas was out. Uh, T Higgins was iffy. I did play T Higgins, but I had Brandon cooks on by. So I just kind of had to go with, uh, with Gallup. And the situation was I, pref- I could, I could have acquired Rondell Moore or Gallup, but I preferred mm. Gallup for the rest of the season. And I figured I preferred more for, for last week, but I figured it was close enough that I could take the chance and it turns out I would have won if I if I started more and I lost with Gallup. I lost by less than two points. So that was that was pretty brutal. Yeah, those hurt. I you know I had a I had an up and down week. I mean I'm in a lot of leagues, so it's like you win some, you lose some. But this week especially, I just I don't know. I had uh, I had a win, but I was on the other side of a win like that in my home league where I won by like three points, and it was just one of those weeks. Like in that league, I, I didn't even get to a hundred. You know, just had some really brutal. Like I don't know, there were a lot of lot of down. You know, we'll get to the games, but like. Tom Brady didn't play very well, and I mean, there's just all sorts of things. We'll get into them, but yeah, maybe we just get into the the game by game and sort of talk about the guys who, you know, did well. And then there's a lot of kind of a lot of busts this week. Yeah, and there were I wrote about this in my fantasy pros column this week too. There were a lot of random touchdowns, like guys that no one would ever have on their fantasy team, let alone in their starting <laughs> lineup. <laughs> so that didn't yeah. do any good for anybody. Um, and then there were a few guys who who went off that were the classic guys who are rostered, but probably not in people's lineup. So that's yep. frustrating in its own way too. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was kind of a rough a rough week uh, for that. But it was a good week if you're betting underdogs. <laughs> Let's put it that yeah. way. 
And it was a good week for me with my anytime touchdown bets. I'm telling you, man, I've been I've been tweeting those out. I've been doing really well with those, and I'm looking to keep it going. So I try to tweet those out on Fridays or Saturdays. So so keep an eye out for those. Nice. So yeah. uh, just as a reminder for people, we are going to recap each and every one of the week six games for fantasy purposes from a fantasy perspective, and then we will jump into the waiver wire and give our top ads at every uh, position for fantasy, even kickers and defenses, because we know. You love those <laughs> kickers and defenses at home there. Uh, <laughs> but let's start, as we always do, with the Thursday night game. Uh, it was a classic Thursday night game, really. Commanders 12, Bears 7. Um, you know, Justin Fields, there was like some desire to maybe stream him just because he was facing Washington. And he ended up doing fine. But it was really, if you watch the game, he, he, it it. Wasn't fine. I mean, he <laughs> almost got killed like a million times in this game with the pass rush. Took yeah. some really awful hits, and then he he scampered for like a, I, I think it was like a fifty yard run pretty late in the game, which mm-hmm. is the equivalent of throwing a touchdown. So um, that that really boosted his line. He did attempt twenty seven passes in this game, which I believe is a season high. So maybe that maybe it's trending up a little bit for. Uh, you know, those Darnell Mooney stands out there, but, um, you know, Mooney caught seven for 68. So, yep. um, that wasn't too bad. 12 targets. Um, but you know, really it was kind of just more of the same with the bears. I mean, they scored seven points against one of the worst defenses in the league. One of the worst defenses, but that, that defensive line, you know, like you said, they, they were all over him and this is without chase young. So, um, I could see this unit improving a little bit as we go. Uh, the one interception that they got off him, like bounced off a helmet and went straight up in the air in the first quarter. So that was kind of a fluky interception. It's always always stinks, you know, for the quarterback to get those. But he did throw it into the guy, so <laughs> it wasn't. That like... sounds like the interception in the Michigan game that had me yeah. freaking out for a little while there. <laughs> very very similar. Yeah. But I mean, that's pretty pretty much it. On like you didn't mention David Montgomery, I don't think. But you know, he and Khalil Herbert split a little bit. It's still mostly Montgomery. I don't think you can really play Khalil Herbert most weeks even though he broke a, a good run as well he had a 64 yard run so that really made his line look much better right so it's pretty much just Montgomery on that side and like you said Mooney did get the target so I'm liking to see that as someone who liked Mooney a lot before the season started he's still kind of hovering around that 50 percent rostered so he's someone you can kind of consider um, if he's still out there on their waiver wire we'll get to that absolutely and then on the Washington side, uh, so Carson Wentz got hurt in this game, and he's going to miss four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, this is another one of these things where I could just see this be the end of the Carson Wentz era in Washington, yeah. the uh, the failed experiment. Um, it's sort of similar with Baker Mayfield uh, with the Panthers. Just these teams are bad. They They brought in a reclamation project, and it didn't really work out that great. Um I mean, Wentz wasn't quite as bad as, as Mayfield, but certainly was not not winning games for, for this team and not the future for this team. Uh, that that future quarterback is not on the roster yet. So, uh, and, I mean, I guess maybe it's Sam Howell. I don't know. It's a, kind of a long shot, though. I feel like um, it's, it's probably going to be Taylor Heineke first. Yeah, I think it'll be Heineke first. Um, you know, he'll get, he'll get a shot. But, yeah, I think you, you need to – you need to roster Heineke and Superflex, and I mean Sam Howell. If he's not available, or if he is available, like in a dynasty Superflex like ours, you probably want to just pick him up to see what happens. Because you're right. I mean, Wentz, it's it's pretty much it could definitely be over for him uh, with Washington. This is kind of what Washington does, you know. Outside of the RG three year where they traded up all the picks, I mean, 
this is what they do. They bring in a veteran guy to just sort of patch, you know, just it's just putting duct tape on the problem. And that's what they do pretty much every year. Yeah, and I'm not sure going to Heineke is really I mean, it's probably not great news, honestly, for their receivers, just because Wentz he makes a lot of mistakes, but he also makes a lot of throws, you know. Yeah. And I don't know if Heineke can make all the same downfield throws that Wentz can. So that might be a little bit of, of a downer for McLaurin, who's been a little frustrating anyway. Uh, may not matter for Curtis Samuel. Uh, he, he was invisible in this game, but uh, he, he gets all those really low depth of target uh, uh, passes coming his way. So maybe there'll be even more of those with Heineke. Yeah, and Brian Robinson, that's what, you know, I'd really like to see that he got 17 carries, the you know, just massive uh, share of the the carries there he had a, he, he had a touchdown late in the game which you know basically helped them win the game in the fourth quarter so I think Brian Robinson we've talked about him on waiver show week after week he's now in that like 65 percent so you can't get him in most leagues but you know if he's available like he's you, you got to get Brian Robinson if he's somehow available even in like your 10 team league absolutely I think the bigger question is whether Antonio Gibson is droppable now so we'll have to talk about that oh yeah uh, when we get to the waiver wire as well Yep. All right, so let's move on to Sunday's games, and we'll start uh, with the Patriots uh, beating down on the Browns, 38-15. Mm-hmm. to 15. Uh, You know, I feel like this is going to be a common occurrence, a common uh, refrain in talking about these games. Like, the game script of these games, uh, there were a lot of surprises this week. A lot of games did not go the way that I or many people, Vegas or many other people were expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game I thought was going to be a close game and it was anything but uh new england i mean bailey zappy 309 yards and two touchdowns <laughs> that that browns defense is really struggling right now um you know with Ramondre stevenson everyone was kind of in on the hype train with him at this uh at this point and he did end up finishing as the overall rb1 for the week pending what maybe an austin eckler does tonight as we're recording here but um the way he did it it wasn't, it wasn't exactly smooth sailing. Like I thought he would be slicing through that Browns defense, and when you see they scored thirty eight points, you'd think that too. But mm-hmm. there were actually a lot of times where he was stuffed at the line of scrimmage in this game. Um, his he had this long touchdown run where uh, I don't think they were expecting a uh, a running play, and he took advantage of it. Um, you know, he picked up most of his yards on a couple on a couple runs, and the rest of it was tough sledding but it works out just fine when you score two touchdowns absolutely and uh rookie Tyquan thornton also had two touchdowns one rushing and one receiving <laughs> so i like to see that um sort of like diami brown a week ago you don't want to go chasing that for next week um you know they were a little bit thin i think it was wasn't Aguilar was out for this game i believe mm-hmm. and uh i don't know if did kendrick Bourne. i guess he played he, but he, he only caught had one pass catch. yeah so really it, it's jacoby myers um, Hunter Henry had an okay game. Devontae Parker got some targets. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, it's nice to see. Um, I have him in our dynasty league. I think I drafted him in like the third, third or fourth round or something. So it's good for that, but don't get too excited about playing Tyquan Thornton in week seven. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a he's a name for dynasty leagues, but I don't think he's going to be a factor in in standard twelve team redraft leagues. I, uh, you know, it's just the Patriots passing game. It's just not one you want to be invested in. Even Jacoby Myers, I thought. The, uh, the hype around him was getting a little out of hand after week five. And this game is more what we're going to see probably out of him. 60 yards, no touchdowns. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll get more than four targets in a lot of games, but they just have so many 
different guys they like to throw the ball to. So you're not going to get a lot of consistency there. And when Damian Harris is back, I mean, I expect them to run it even more probably, you know, and just kind of rotate between Ramondre and Harris. And with Ramondre, you know, he pretty much got all the all the carries. I'm, Taquan Thornton, who I just mentioned, got three. And then Kevin Harris got three. You know, Perry, Pierre Strong got a carry. It's a couple, couple rookies. But, yeah, otherwise, I mean, this was just kind of game script, kind of strange. And, and yeah, I thought this game – I thought both teams would stay under, like, 20 points. Yeah. So this was – yeah, Weird. I will say with with Stevenson, you know, Belichick was singing his praises in a way that you don't usually hear Belichick talk about players. I mean, he said we trust him in every facet of the game. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I just it's not something you usually hear from Belichick and and this usage pl- sort of reflects that. So, um that's interesting. I mean, we'll see how long Harris is out. You never can tell with the Patriots. They're very uh hard to read with their injury reports, but it seems like it, it's going to be a multi-week injury, even though they're going to call him questionable uh, every every week. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, Stevenson's definitely an RB1 for now, and then we'll see uh, if he can kind of earn enough of the work that Harris becomes, you know, the smaller part of the committee when he is back. Yeah, and then, you know, Chubb on the other side, you know, he didn't score. He had kind of a dud of a game, especially for him. Uh, he had been hitting anytime touchdown bets, but I didn't bet him this week. I bet Ramondre on the other side. On the other side, um, the Patriots are stingy when it you know giving up rushing touchdowns. So this was kind of expected for me. And then I think last year they gave up the fewest uh, rushing touchdowns. Uh, I looked at that before the game when I'm looking at okay, who who gives up a lot of rushing touchdowns? You know, the Seahawks, the Texans, the Lions. You want to target those teams, but not the Patriots. So beware of that when we look at next week. Yeah, I also think just the game flow on this game, it got so out of hand for the Browns. I mean, Nick mm-hmm. Chubb, as awesome as he is, he doesn't play nearly as much in passing situations, and he only played 44% of the snaps in this game, season low. So, um, he's you know, he's the RB1 on the season in fantasy, and he, he entered the week that way, he left the week that way. Uh he can have massive games. He can have three touchdown games. Uh, he's the best pure rusher in the NFL, I think. But just the lack of passing game usage for him does make him a little more uh, game script dependent than some of the other top running backs like a McCaffrey or Austin Eckler or Saquon Barkley. So that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, and I think the real disappointment here is Kareem Hunt because, like you said, they're playing from behind. You would expect Kareem Hunt to maybe have four or five catches, and he had nothing. So – just big disappointment for he played Kareem almost Hunt, as, i think he played the same number of snaps as chubb just yeah. didn't didn't get the ball um, yeah, i think strange. that maybe that's brissette maybe brissette is not checking down to hunt very much i mean there were a lot of a lot of passes to the receivers amari cooper 12 targets only caught four mm-hmm. of them but did get in the end zone and uh, you know another guy we'll have to talk about waiver wire is donovan peoples jones he just keeps putting up numbers uh four catches 74 yards in this one yep all right all right next, on next game. game uh Falcons 28, 49ers 14. Uh, that's another <laughs> outcome that I don't think many people were expecting, but the Falcons have now won three of their last four games, and uh, they are extremely run-heavy, the most run-heavy team in the league right now. And in fact, uh, they are on pace to have the the largest uh, run share uh, of any team in the last decade. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, and it's working for them. They're winning games, so I don't think that's going to change yeah. anytime soon. Uh, it doesn't mean their running backs are like great plays, but you know, Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier both got 15 plus carries in this game. They didn't do a ton with them, but 
um, you know, as RB3 flex types, I think either one of them is at least in the conversation just based on that workload. And San Francisco's run defense is really good. So I right. think in a, in a softer matchup, you know, these guys get 15 carries a piece. Like I was watching Caleb Huntley, man, and I texted you, this guy's a bruiser. Like he is just, he was running people over. I love the way just watching him run. Um, yeah, that's how course, I felt when I, when I first saw him play that first game where they just brought him out out of nowhere for like a key drive at the end of the game and gave it to him like yeah. 10 times in a row and he went right into the end zone. And of course, Mariota got some rushing as well. Six carries for 50 yards. He was super efficient. 13 of 14 for 129 yards and two <laughs> passing touchdowns. So great QB rating. But he was, he's the QB5 going into Monday Night Football. And he's he's been great this year. Um, you know, games like this are tough. Uh, you know, just the efficiency. You're not going to see it all the time. Like you said, they're, they're running a lot. But he gives you that floor with the rushing, which is nice. Yeah. And meanwhile... Kyle Pitts, we should mention, did catch a touchdown in this game, Woo. but he still only had three catches for 19 yards. Nicole Pruitt also got a touchdown. His was first, so all of the people that are pulling all their hair out over Kyle Pitts were really freaking out over that. Um, then, of course, <laughs> Pitts did get a TD as well. But really just how run-heavy the Falcons are is kind of a problem for Pitts. It's a problem for Drake London. Uh, and Omidi Zacchaeus keeps playing a role when they do pass as well. So. Yep. Um, it's it's hard to count on on any Falcon pass catchers at the moment. Yeah, I mentioned some of my teams that didn't do so well. Jeff Wilson Jr. is a big part of that because I think I have him in like four leagues, and he had a kind of a bummer of a game. Seven carries for 25 yards. They were playing from behind, and he wasn't really involved in the passing game. But He was the Rain reason they were playing was. from behind. He fumbled, and it was recovered for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk was, was heavily involved. He had a couple touchdown passes. Uh, he, Kittle, and Debo all had double-digit targets, which is really interesting. I mean, you want to see those guys all up there. I liked Kittle a lot going into this game. I traded for him in a league, so very happy to have George Kittle. Find- I, I like never have George Kittle. I feel like he always goes way too high in drafts. He always get in- gets injured, but I'm happy to have him in a league, at least while he's healthy. <laughs> yeah, there's just not many tight ends that can catch eight passes for 83 yards. It's just not yeah. something that's even in the realm of possibility for most tight ends. So that reminds you of the... Uh, of the upside that he does have. Um, I also have to give a shout out to Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he did Mm -hmm. throw two picks in this game, but in terms of fantasy, two touchdowns, 296 yards. um, This is kind of what we can get from Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like he's, he's pretty much the same as Aaron Rodgers right now. It's like 250 yards and two touchdowns every week. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll talk about him in waivers because you know, quarterbacks, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of thin there, you know, Talking about some of the same guys week after week. We'll talk about both of these guys, I'm sure. Yep. All right. Next game, Jets 27. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Jets 27, Packers 10. Oh, man. Another game where the game script got flipped on its head. I think everyone was expecting Green Bay to control this game uh, at home even. Uh, but uh, the Jets are for real, man. 4-2. and two. They're 3-0 and oh on the road, <laughs> and their defense is looking really good under Robert Sala. He's a defensive-minded coach, and he's got their defense playing great. Uh, you know, the Packers have sort of been out of sync all season offensively, but they seemed like they were slowly trending in the right direction, and then this game was like a screeching halt to that. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I, got, I have something <laughs> something in my ears. I'm trying to look at box scores, and ESPN's playing an ad in my ears. Good grief. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, on, on the uh, like the the Jets, you're right. I mean, three and zero away. This was this was a stunner to me because I was I was parlaying Packers money line with the Bucks money line, and we'll get to that game too. And just nothing was right um, about this game except I did like Brees Hall a lot. 
Um, I bet on him anytime touchdown, which was like almost two to one odds, which I thought was crazy. Uh, tweeted that one out as well. Um, he had almost three touchdowns the week before. He's just like, you know, the buy low opportunity that we talked about in the previous couple weeks, long gone. I mean, he's offensive rookie of the year uh, favorite, along with Sauce Gardner, defensive rookie of the year favorite. This team is, I mean, if you're a Jets fan, you're you're feeling great right now. And if you're a Packers fan, I mean, oftentimes these teams do have the letdown after the after the England games. But this was this was very unexpected for me. Yeah, I, I mean, it's you know, it was rough. It was rough going for Rodgers. He never looked comfortable this entire game, and they they really just again couldn't really get the running game going. Not enough touches uh, for Aaron Jones. I feel like we say that every week, but he wasn't effective when he did get the ball. Nine carries, nineteen yards. Uh, AJ Dillon was a little bit better, but. He's not getting big enough workloads to really matter right now. And, uh, you know, I feel like we instinctively rank Aaron Jones as a top 15 running back every week. We rank A.J. Dillon as a top 24 running back. I feel like I need to just downgrade these guys a little bit uh, going forward and and Rodgers as well. I mean, I think Rodgers is a matchup-based streamer at this point. Absolutely. And I mean, Lazard's the guy who's been really consistent. He, He continues to score. He's getting a lot of targets. Uh, so, I mean, I I liked Romeo Dobbs and what I've been seeing. He got the targets, but he didn't really do much with them. Lazard's the guy who is is kind of clearly the number one, at least for fantasy purposes, if you have to start someone out of the the Green Bay uh, receiving core. Yeah, he's the bigger red zone threat, so I think that's the the key there, like getting those touchdowns. And then Robert Tunyon, we got to give the guy a shout-out. Ten catches, 90 yards on 12 targets in this game. Uh, You know, I I do wonder if – you know they were they, they were down some receivers. Randall Cobb got hurt in this game, sadly. Yep. Um, it could be the end of the road for him. Um, they've got Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson on IR. Uh, so Amari Rogers came in, but really, this could be an opportunity for Tanyan. I mean, because the thing about Tanyan is like it seemed like he was going to be a bigger part of the offense by necessity than than he had been in the first month. He just wasn't a big part of it, even with all the uncertainty at wide receiver, but now it might have reached a point, a point where, because Cobb was a guy Rodgers had so much trust for, and I feel like Tunyon is almost the logical replacement for Cobb in that respect, even though they're very different players, obviously. I, they both are players that have Rodgers' trust. Yeah, and on the Jets side, we mentioned Brees Hall, but like I'm not really starting anyone there. Like The receivers, I think I had them all outside of sort of even wide receiver three territory last week, and I'm just going to continue to rank them all sort of in that wide receiver 40 range i mean Corey davis is the best of the bunch but the garrett wilson you know he was looking great with flacco early in the year so was tyler conklin those days are long gone zach wilson is not being asked to do much they're going to run the ball and win with defense at least that's what it looks like yeah and uh elijah moore did not have a single target in this game and (laughs) he's losing snaps to braxton barrios now so he is absolutely droppable Tyler Conklin yep. is also absolutely droppable. He's leaving, losing snaps to CJ Uzoma. So, you know, the it, I, your point is taken about the, the volume overall way down with Zach Wilson compared to Flacco. Um, but that might also partly be because their defense is playing so well that they don't need to throw the ball a lot to win games. Um, but yeah. either way, the passing volume's down, but then the usage is also down for Elijah Moore and Tyler Conklin. So those are definitely guys you can you can do away with. 
Yeah, I mean, Flacco was throwing the ball like 50 times a game when he was playing. <laughs> I know, I know. I, 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 those days are gone. All right, next game. Colts 34, Jaguars 27. I mean, none of these games went the way that I was expecting. Uh, I thought this was going to be a defensive battle, and it Me ended too. up being the highest scoring game of the week. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. My, Matt Ryan threw for 389 yards and three touchdowns in this game. <laughs> like... If that was on your bingo card, congratulations. Uh, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, Deion Jackson looked phenomenal in this game, especially as a receiver. I mean, he had a bruising touchdown run that was impressive for its physicality, but uh, just the way that he was uh, getting fed the ball as a receiver out of the backfield, 10 catches, 79 yards. Matt Ryan was just constantly looking his way. Also, of course, your boy Michael Pittman, uh, yep. who I let off my Fantasy Pros article with this week, by the way. Uh, a huge bounce-back performance for him after uh, really his first big game since week one. Um, but, you know, I I think it is what it is with the, with the Colts. I'm not going to totally change my perspective on them based on this one game. I, I still think it's, it's kind of Michael Pittman, and then when Jonathan Taylor's back, it's him. Um, and you, I just don't want to get cute beyond that with this team. I mean, Paris Campbell actually played ahead of Alec Pierce in this game and had a, a decent game, but mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be hard to predict. We know the story with the tight ends. I mean, this week, Moali Cox was nowhere to be found, and it was Kylan Granson and Jelani Woods. So, yeah, that's just a constant headache. Um, I, I I was, you know, as someone who has Deion Jackson in, in our Dynasty League, I was very excited for him, but unfortunately he did leave the game with a quad injury, so... Yep. Um, you know, don't go blowing all your fab to get him on your roster because, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines could be back next week and, and Jackson may be, uh, injured. Yep. And, uh, Alec Pierce, you know, you mentioned Paris Campbell getting a lot more targets. Pierce still saw seven targets. One of which was that touchdown that won in the game. So it's nice to see Matt Ryan, you know, trusting the rookie down the stretch. Uh, that was, that was nice to see. He's had, you know, he's had, he's had some solid games recently. So it's, it's a guy who you can plug and play. If you need to as a flex, I know I did last week just with bye weeks. Um, but yeah, when Taylor's back, you're right. I mean, don't expect the volume. Don't expect Matt Ryan to throw the ball 58 times. <laughs> yeah, I I really like Alec Pierce as a player. I just still question the usage. I I, I like it. I, you know, he's better in a standard league, I think, because he's he's got touchdown upside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's going to be a guy getting 10 targets a week. <laughs> yeah, this um, is a this is a weird game, like game script wise, because you know Jacksonville. You know, held their own. They were leading at half. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was 20 of 22. He had a passing touchdown. He had a couple of rushing touchdowns. You mentioned random touchdowns at the beginning. Jamichael Hasty had the 61-yard rush, which yeah. was annoying for if you had Travis Etienne or He finished with 57 rushing yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Three three carries for less than that 61-yard rush. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you're, you're probably going to start guys like Etienne and, and James Robinson. I think we're starting to see Etienne take over a little bit you know he's a little bit more heavily involved in the passing game he, I mean, he had two targets to robinson's one but in previous weeks i just think we're starting to see the takeover kind of like we saw uh with Brees hall over michael carter a couple weeks ago it's just going to be like to a lesser extent i mean I'll, I'll continue to rank etn a little bit higher than robinson moving forward i think yeah i'm switching them too i've had robinson ahead of etn up to this point but uh, i do i do think it's shifting and i you know i'm a james robinson truther through and through but I have to acknowledge that ETN is outperforming him this season. Um, 
you know, it's still amazing what Robinson has done coming back from his Achilles injury. It's certainly, he's certainly come back stronger from it than Cam Akers has, but uh, not strong enough to be in the same ballpark as what ETN can do. Um, and ETN had a couple really electric runs in this game. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree. I, I, that's that's actually the same comp I used in the article uh, was the, the Brees Hall, Michael Carter hmm. comp. Of course, the other potential comp would be uh, Tony Pollard and Zeke, and that would be the more uh, favorable comp if you're a James Robinson manager because, uh, you know, it does still seem like when they have uh, positive game script, they're heading games, uh, they're going to feed Robinson the ball. He's going to get a lot of carries. He's going to get the goal line work probably. So um, that could still be a little thorn in the side of ETN. Uh, but but just looking at their schedule coming up, they have a lot of tough games coming up. So I could see a lot more games like this where they're chasing points, and that's going to be really good news for ETN. Yeah, well, hopefully it's good news for Christian Kirk because uh, he's he had the double-digit targets pretty often early in the season. The last couple weeks have been disappointing, and he did have a touchdown in this game, which helped him out you know, for fantasy owners. Um, Evan Ingram, I'll say, you know, he continues to have targets. So I think Evan Ingram is a startable tight end, you know, rest of the season. He's kind of right there, borderline top 12 for me because he's getting some volume. Uh, you know, I, I don't even, I'm not even a big Evan Ingram fan, but <laughs> I'll I'm rank him up there. I'm not a big Evan Ingram fan, but <laughs> yeah, the usage is definitely, is definitely there. And same thing with Zay Jones too. I mean, he continues yeah. uh, to get decent usage if you're, if you're desperate for a wide receiver three flex type in any given yeah. week. Uh, next game on the slate, uh, the Vikings 24 and the Dolphins 16. Uh, the Dolphin quarterback carousel continues. Uh, Skyler Thompson got the start in this game, but he left with injury. And Teddy Bridgewater, wh- who was active uh, as the backup, came in. So we're seeing we've seen it go from Tua Tagovailoa to Teddy Bridgewater to Skyler Thompson to Teddy Bridgewater, and then it will be back to Tua next week. <laughs> Uh, so they've come full circle here. Um, but, you know, my big takeaway is it's, it just doesn't seem to matter for these receivers. My God. I mean, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are just – this is the third 100-yard game for each of them in six games. And the second time that they've both gone over 100 yards in the same game. So um, it's, you know, early on you could say, oh, that was a fluke or something. I mean, there's no doubting the talent of the players. It was just a question of whether – um, they had the quarterbacks to get them the ball. But I think with Mike McDaniel's scheme and just the the yard-after-catch ability of those two receivers, it, it almost doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for them. And I like that there's not like a, a true third option. It was Mike Kosicki in this game. Sometimes it's Trent Sherfield and, you know, Cedric Wilson might have a couple targets here and there. But, like, those two are just really getting the volume, and they're not even really relying on the running backs uh, to get uh, pass catching. It's, it's those two, which is just really great. Yeah, unless you unless you drafted Chase Edmonds, then it's not so great. But. <laughs> not so great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Mostert was a little disappointing in this game, but I still really like the usage for him. I think yeah. um, there will be better games for Mostert. Yeah, this game, I really like the Vikings here. I had bet on them, but, man, it worried me. That that line was th- minus three for the Vikings all week. It didn't move. People were vet- betting on the Vikings, especially after Skylar Thompson was declared the starter. And I just had a feeling that the, the Dolphins were going to some- somehow kind of backdoor cover this or whatever, but... The Vikings pulled off the win, covered the spread. Kirk Cousins was solid, but nothing special. He Most of his yards went straight to Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen caught a touchdown. Uh, Irv Smith caught a touchdown. Four catches, <laughs> seven yards. <laughs> he, he's a guy, 
they have their bye week now. They're going into their bye week five and one, which is great if you're a Vikings fan. But I mean, Irv Smith is a guy that you probably don't have to hold going into your bye week, even though I know you love him. But I mean, you might just have to stream, you know, some some other people. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think they've featured him enough to say that he's a guy you have to hold through the bye. I agree with that. I think it's uh, he's in that range of like tight end 10 to 15 kind of a guy who yep. you're, you're going to stream based on whoever is uh, looking like the most integral part of their respective offense in that given week. Um, yep. And then, yeah, not much else to say, you know, um, Dalvin cook is uh, he's good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I mean, he played more in this game than he has so far this year. I think that might be because uh, either because he's healthier than he was earlier or because Alexander Madison is less healthy than he was earlier. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, but it was it was encouraging. I, you know, it would be nice to see Cook get back to um, the snap shares he had last year and in previous seasons. And also the uh, receiving work has still not really been there for him. So that's, you know, he, I, he doesn't have quite as much upside as he has in, in years past because of that. But he's still... He's like one of the best bets in the league for 75 to 100 yards and a touchdown every single week. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next game, Bengals 30, Saints 26. Uh, I'll let you kick this one off. Where do you want to start? Sure. Well, let's start with Taysom Hill. Um, you know, c- coming into this week, you know, Taysom had that huge game, and I bet on a – I kind of sprinkled on Taysom Hill to score a touchdown and then like a dollar for him to score two touchdowns and maybe 50 cents to score three touchdowns just to see, you know, just mm-hmm. to see if it would happen again. It did not happen again. But the usage was good, you know. Like he still was heavily involved. He scored like five fantasy points, which, you know what, it's better than like what TJ Hawkinson did a week ago, you know, getting you like one catch for seven yards or what Irv Smith would have done had he not found the end zone. So I think Taysom Hill is still a top ten tight end. I think the usage is good. Alvin Kamara, uh, these guys turn around, and uh, this was a tough loss uh, to have to now turn around and play on Thursday night. But Kamara is due for a touchdown. Uh, the usage is heavy. He had 19 carries for 99 yards. But like I said, no touchdown. He had six catches, so he is heavily involved. He is due. He's going to be on my list to bet any time touchdown on Thursday, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were definitely some random touchdowns in this game. Rashid <laughs> Shahid with a 44-yard touchdown run. Uh, as and Traquan Smith, I don't know mm-hmm. that that one is a little more foreseeable with all the receivers out. But I think Callaway was the the preferred option for most people, and it was Smith that ended up getting into the end zone. Um, they're on they're on a short week. They play Thursday night, so uh, it already sounds like we're not going to get Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry back for that game. Uh, but Chris Lave could be back, so that will be helpful. And, yep. and then the quarterback thing, there was an odd report um, from Ian Rappaport, I believe, just prior to uh, Sunday's game that uh, Andy Dalton could remain the starting quarterback if he played well in this game. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he really <laughs> played well enough for that to happen. Um, and, you know, they, they I, I believe that um, their coach was asked about that. Uh, Dennis Allen was asked about that and said – uh, he framed it around whether Jameis is healthy. So I do think Jameis yeah. will be the starting quarterback again uh, once he's healthy. But I, I wouldn't expect him to play on the short week on Thursday. And that's the other thing about Taysom is, like, if Andy Dalton struggles, let's say the Saints are down two touchdowns at, at halftime. Not likely because the Cardinals are not a good first-half team. But let's say that happens. We could see a lot more Taysom. And that, you know, like, what if they just are like, you know what, 
we're going to bench Dalton for the second half. Taysom, get in there. Let's just run. Like, you almost just have to start him at tight end and, and rank him as, like, a top five or six tight end moving forward. For I wonder the time if, being. is Dalton, like, dinged up, too? Because I saw, like, Nate Yonke tweeted something about, like, you know, how Twitter's going to go crazy if uh, if if Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback for the Saints on Thursday <laughs> and, and you can start him at tight end. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be great. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's it's endless uh, fodder for us fantasy uh fiends uh the the, the taste and hell story so i i look forward to seeing the reading the next chapter yeah uh, for, the, for the Bengals, yeah. let me just say i'll start off real quick with t, t higgins uh you mentioned him at the top i was debating on starting him in like two or three leagues that i have him i benched him in one league started him in a couple it worked out just fine and the one thing i looked at before the game i tweeted this out but like i looked at his over under yardage for the game and it was sitting at 46 and a half (laughs) and of course he ended up with 47 yards which is just amazing to me when that happens but you know he had an okay game he didn't get you a zero like he did the week before um i think moving forward we're going to see some really good games from t higgins but it was chase with the two big touchdowns in this game yeah i mean higgins ended up leading the team in targets or tying with chase for the lead in targets but yep you know, it didn't feel like that, honestly. That a lot of that came late. I mean, early on they seemed to really be easing Higgins into the game. So he didn't look I don't know what it was. He didn't look fully healthy to me. It, um didn't look fully engaged in this game. Uh but I you know, another week to heal up. I, I expect us to get the Higgins that we all know and love uh going forward. But yeah, this game was all about Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase returning to Louisiana. And you knew they were both going to have huge games, and they didn't disappoint. Absolutely. All right, next game. <clears throat> We've got the Giants, 24, and the Ravens, 20. The Giants just continue to beat good teams. Uh, I mean, you have to take them for real at this point. Um, they are 5-1, and one and, and uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know – I, from a fantasy perspective, they don't have a lot beyond Saquon, although I will say I am intrigued by Wandale Robinson. Uh, he played a lot fewer snaps than all their other receivers in this game, but when he was on the field, they targeted uh, Daniel Jones targeted him very heavily. Uh, he had a 36% target rate per route run. Um, Daniel Bellinger also is now a full-time tight end, so mm-hmm. uh, that's intriguing as well. Uh, for a team that just really lacks weapons in the passing game. I feel like those two guys could become their two best uh, pass catchers very relatively quickly. Yeah. I mean, they were in this game and right. Like if Kadarius Tony never gets healthy and Kenny, I mean, Kenny Galladay, I don't know that we're going to see him in a giants uniform ever again. I just don't know. So, right. you know, Sterling Shepard's out like, yeah, it could just be these guys moving forward. So um, I don't know that you're going to want to necessarily start him each week, but it's definitely intriguing. I'm with you on Wandale Robinson. I picked him up in a couple leagues. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens moving forward. And yeah, like you said, you got to take the Giants for real. I'm a little surprised that Vegas doesn't seem to be taking them for real because they're at Jacksonville this week and they're an underdog. And I thought that was a little surprising. I might, I might just keep riding the Giants and bet bet on them because I haven't bet on them yet, but I'm going to this week. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's just because the Jags are at home. But even so, I'm not, that's not one yeah. of the one of the tougher places to play. I wouldn't think. Um, no. On the Baltimore side. I mean, we have to have a talk about J.K. Dobbins, man. I, I know. You know, we, we've both been sticking it out this whole time. It's not looking good. I'm beginning – my faith is beginning to be shaken. Um, he departed this game with, quote-unquote, knee tightness. Um, mm-hmm. And for a guy that had the kind of serious knee injury that he had last year, like, 
that worries me more than it would for uh, someone like T. Higgins being out with knee tightness, you know. So uh, that's concerning. I mean, there's some suggestion it might have just been because it's the artificial turf. His knee didn't feel right on the turf. But the fact that just playing on turf would be a problem for him now is <laughs> like this far removed from the surgery is is not good news. And the other not good news is that Kenyon Drake looked explosive in this game and ran the ball only 10 times for 119 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I just, you know, Gus Edwards could be back relatively soon as well. Uh, I'm My faith is, is shaken in Dobbins right now. Yeah, mine is too. I uh, I benched him in a couple leagues. I started him in a league. Um, you're going to have better options, I think, this week, even with the bye weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm going to rank him probably outside of an RB2 territory, you know, outside of my top 24. And, you know, I'd like to see Rashad Bateman get healthy because right now it's Mark Andrews and kind of no one else. I, you know, Devin Duvernay has been really uh, disappointing the last couple weeks. He's gotten a few targets, but he just hasn't hit that big play, which he really needs to be relevant. Um, so, you know, you really can't trust anyone in the passing game other than Andrews until Bateman's back. Yeah, it's funny. These teams are sort of similar in a way that they have one or two, like, great fantasy options. And then beyond that, it's kind yeah. of a wasteland. But they, they still win games. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's Lamar. It's uh, Mark Andrews right now. I, even Bateman, I, you know, when he is back, I'm not sure exactly how much confidence you can have. But, um, yeah. but you know this is just the this is this team runs through Lamar and <laughs> that's pretty clear yeah well uh, let's get to another uh surprising finish I feel like it's one after the the other it's like yeah Steelers gosh. 20 bucks 18 uh <laughs> not you know this was <laughs> we were both very gung-ho about the about the Buccaneers passing game coming into this game they've been yeah. looking great they finally had their receivers healthy and available they were going up against the Steelers' defense that was missing like all of their starting players in the secondary and had yep. been struggling against the pass even when those guys were available. Perfect storm. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, Tom Brady, 243 yards, one touchdown. And, you know, Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin did have a good game, six catches, 95 yards on 12 targets. But Mike Evans with a quiet game. Uh, Leonard Fournette was all right. But, it's you know still more about volume with him than anything else. I mean, three yards per carry on the ground. He, you know, it's the receiving work that's really floating his boat lately. Um, yep. So, yeah. And then there was a real scary injury with uh, Cameron Brait. Uh, initially, it looked like it might have been a head injury, and he had been out in last week with a concussion. So that was mm-hmm. horrifying. He had to be stretchered off. Then they said it was a neck injury, and um, – now it's sort of up in the air, but it it sounds like the latest news has been generally positive for him. But um, you know, hopefully he's all right. Uh, but certainly Kate Otten uh, seems to be ascending as the as the top tight end there, and uh, um, would have some appeal uh, if Brait is is not available. Yeah, absolutely, because he he looked good when Brait wasn't available uh, last week, and I think he caught his couple passes after Brait left the game. So. Yeah, definitely don't. I'm not trying to kick a guy while he's down, of course, with an injury. But for fantasy, you're right. Otten is worth rostering, and he'll be in that he'll be in that tight end starter conversation for sure, uh, as long as Braid is out. Mm-hmm. I think the the other injury on the Steelers side. So Pickett left, and Trubisky came in and looked okay. Um, you know, nine of twelve with a touchdown to Chase Claypool that ultimately won them the game. Um, I don't know, like what I think when if Pickett's healthy, uh, you probably start him. 
Um, not not necessarily for fantasy, but I mean the Steelers. I think will probably start him, but I don't know that you necessarily want to play either of these guys. Um, you know, in a one QB league, so super flex. Maybe you're starting one of them. What do you think? Uh, in a super flex league, I mean, in a pot, in a really favorable matchup, um, I would still rather for fantasy. I'd rather start Pickett than Trubisky, but neither of them are anywhere near streamer discussion in single QB leagues. Um, yeah, Pickett just based on some big play upside and some rushing ability. I think you could make a case for him as a top 24 guy when the matchup is, is okay, which it hasn't been so far, but um, yeah, I, I mean, the Steelers are getting to a point where it's like, is there anyone on this team that you actually want to start in any given week? I mean, Najee Harris is, you know, is he even a top 24 running back at this point? I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's purely based on volume because the efficiency yeah. is not there. The touchdown upside is not there. Uh, and then Claypool, of course, goes off on people's benches or on the waiver wire while Deontay Johnson catches five balls for 28 yards and George Pickens has three catches for 27 yards. Um, I think Pickens is better off with Pickett um, at quarterback. I think Deontay Johnson, it's, you know, he's better off in PPR formats, but, uh, you know, there's just not enough meat on the bone for the Steelers right now yeah and you know I'm with you on Najee but we just got done talking about Dobbins and in my initial week seven rankings I've got Najee (laughs) over a guy like Dobbins but it doesn't feel good but yeah I'm going to continue ranking Najee in sort of that borderline RB2 territory as long as he's you know healthy and getting some volume but yeah you're not excited to start him yeah it's been it's been quite a precipitous fall for him Uh, next game Rams 24 Panthers 10 uh, you know, PJ Walker had to leave this game uh, with a concussion, so that meant it was Jacob Eason under center. It, it gets <laughs> worse and worse for the Panthers. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I, I think I had a stat in my article that he accounted for seventy-four point five percent of Carolina's uh, yards from scrimmage in this game, <laughs> uh, which is a uh, an indication of just how good he is and just how bad the Panthers are um you know I was hoping that things could get better for DJ Moore with PJ Walker under center uh we only got yeah. you know half a game to assess that but the early returns were that it didn't help him at all uh Robbie Anderson pulled an Antonio Brown in this game and <laughs> flipped out on the sideline uh yelled at the position coach and you know sat and had a temper tantrum sat uh by himself uh miles away from any teammates and then uh uh, coach Wilkes dismissed him from the game and just had him head to the locker room before the game was over and then he was traded to the Cardinals (laughs) (laughs) yeah promptly traded it's like a kid who got his way like all right I'm gonna throw a tantrum and I'm out of here I'm just surprised anyone would want to trade for that headache at this point but I mean yeah you know I guess the Cardinals do need somebody now I thought we'll get to that uh that situation with Marquise Brown in a minute but um, I, I'm not sure Robbie Anderson is the key to unlocking their offense. <laughs> yeah, and after the Steelers beat the Bucks, I think the Panthers are clearly the worst team in football. Uh, they're sitting at one and five as well, and man, they're just—I mean, they're just a dumpster fire. Uh, you know, you're hoping for Sam Darnold to come back so he can be your best starter, starting quarterback. That's rough if you're a Panthers fan. And Christian McCaffrey, I mean, you're going to start him. Um, that's it. DJ Moore, I'm not going to start DJ Moore. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll keep him even lower, even with Robbie Anderson leaving. He'll get some targets, but he's not doing anything with them. So he'll be like a wide receiver three, four for me. 
Yeah, even a three might be a stretch right now. Yeah. The hope for DJ Moore is that Sam Darnold eventually comes back. <laughs> that, right. That's probably the best scenario for him at this point. Yeah, and then the Rams, you know, Cam Akers missed this game for personal reasons. Um, a lot going on around here. We don't really know what's going to happen with Cam Akers. I think they're trying to trade him. Uh, they're just gonna. I think they're probably just gonna not play him until they can maybe find a trade partner. So there's no way he's gonna take another snap for the Rams. Right. I think the writing's on the wall on that one. Yeah. So you know they they have their bye week right now. Um, I would say if you can trade for Darrell Henderson uh, for a good price, it might be worth doing. I could also see them trying to sign someone else. You know, uh, potentially bring in. They've done that before. They like to make trades. I mean, there's. I don't think they're gonna bring in a Christian McCaffrey, uh, even though there's been buzz about him. You know, getting traded. Um, Kieran Williams, you mentioned, I think he's a good guy to go ahead and stash. I know we'll, we'll get to waiver wire, but he's probably not in my top five, but just a name that you may want to go ahead and stash in your IR for a little bit because he could have some really good value down the stretch. I mean, the Rams reportedly like him a lot, and they and, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of similar to the Damian Williams situation with Atlanta where uh, they had a, a big role planned for him reportedly in week one, but then he just got hurt right away and, and never got to – fulfill that um but i i don't know i think he's definitely worth stashing um and uh yeah daryl henderson played 70 percent of the snaps in this game so i think he's like a solid rb2 uh with that kind of usage uh they did mix in malcolm brown who they who they love and uh ronnie rivers who most people had probably never even heard of at this time last week um but uh yeah i mean henderson is is gonna be i you know if he had full bell cow usage he'd be um and, and if the rams were playing better <laughs> i think he he would have rb1 uh potential but as it stands he's more of like kind of rb20 type of a guy each week i would say yeah and i've been really stubborn in my, the leagues where i have alan robinson i didn't play him in any leagues this this week but he did catch a touchdown uh he looked better and you know he's had a couple games like this and then other games where he's been terrible so i am likely now forced to hold him <laughs> through the bye week in a lot of leagues but if you want to drop them, don't worry about it. I mean, you can, but now it's kind of almost harder to after this game. You know? Yeah, I was just asked on Twitter whether someone should pick him up because someone else in the league dropped him, and they would have to cut Garrett Wilson or George Pickens to get him. And I, I actually said I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay dropping uh, either of those guys, really. But this, I, I said Wilson first. But um, yeah, Wilson's been kind of on the downtrend for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, it's it's just sort of like what kind of upside would you want to bet on? Do you want to bet on player talent upside with Wilson uh, and Pickens, or do you want to bet on team potential upside? I mean, if the Rams can just solve their offensive line issues, I feel like there's still a path for Allen Robinson to to be okay, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe not I'm quite as good as we were hoping at the beginning of the year, but um, maybe this was a step in the right direction. I, I'm, not, I'm not super confident about that, but um, just if you – you know, if you want to stash a guy for upside on your bench, I, I think he's back in that conversation again. Yep. Uh, next game, uh, we mentioned the Cardinals. They lost to the Seahawks 19-9. to uh, Hollywood Brown, this was the biggest injury of the week, uh, injured his foot, and it sounds like he could be out for the season with that injury. Uh, it happens right as DeAndre Hopkins is coming back from suspension. So that's interesting because we didn't really know – what was going to happen with Hollywood Brown's role um, once once Hopkins came back, but now it seems like that's a moot point. Um, Hopkins will slide into that alpha uh, target magnet role, and Rondell Moore then I think has an extended path to fantasy relevance. Um, 
as the second option in the passing game. But, you know, and, and, and maybe it's a good thing for more that Kyler Murray is the least accurate deep ball passer in the NFL this season, because (laughs) I, you know, more is going to probably get a lot of short uh, slant routes and things like that. But, uh, you know, uh, flares out in the flats and things like that. So I I would expect, you know, Rondell Moore to be kind of like their version of Curtis Samuel, if that makes sense. Um, And DeAndre Hopkins, you know, see what you might want to take it. If you have, if you've been stashing him this whole time, you might want to take the temperature of your league because if somebody thinks he's going to come in and be a wide receiver one, I would trade him. I, I just don't have a lot of faith in this Cardinals offense right now. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins is kind of getting up there in age as well. So I wouldn't expect miracles with him, but he'll certainly be a uh, maybe like a slightly lesser version of what Marquise Brown has been so far this season. I think that's a fair estimation. I agree. Like if you can sell high, like this might be selling high on Hopkins before he even plays a snap. Because when we last saw him, he wasn't looking great. Like he is, he's starting. To, he was starting to show his age a little bit. I know in a couple leagues I was in last year, people were trading for him at the trade deadline because he was coming back from an injury or something, and people were expecting him to be great and be DeAndre Hopkins when he came back, and he wasn't. So yeah, I, I think. I'm with you. And also, Marquise Brown, you mentioned he might be out for the year. I saw something where it might be six to seven weeks, which would put him around week 14. Mm. So if you have Marquise Brown, I would also look at a team who's maybe, you know, has one or no losses in your league and see if they want him. Because I think if you can get something for Marquise Brown, I would do that too. Because I would, if I could get something for him, I would, um, rather than just stash him on the IR. I, yeah, I, don't know I mean, those injury that. reports are often overly optimistic as well. Exactly. Yeah. And how much would you trust him, like, when he does come back? So, I just I, – I would I, if you can get something for him, too, I would. Yep, yep. And then in the running game, I mean, Eno Benjamin worked as the clear lead back. But he's just not – he's just not built to be that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it, it, it's a misfit. <laughs> it's, it's not the right role for him. Um, and 15 carries, 37 yards, not good. So – yeah, uh, we'll see. I, you know, James Conner's injury doesn't sound all that serious to me, so um, he should be back. You know, we'll probably keep some role, but um, I just, I'm just not enthusiastic about the Cardinals at all right now. I, this team is a total mess. I mean, they're, you know, Kyler scrambling around is really the only thing they've got going right now. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I've been, I've been patting myself on the back for my anytime touchdown bets. I will say, I did get this one wrong. I didn't get them all right. So, you know, Benjamin, I also had any time touchdown because I thought against Seattle, this is a nice matchup. But you're right. It's almost like he just doesn't fit in this role. So if James Conner was in here, this would almost have been a smash spot, but maybe not so much for, you know. Um, and then on the other side, Ken Walker, man, he looks like he looks like an every down uh, back to me. He, he didn't get a ton in the past game, but two catches on three targets. I'll I'll take that for him because he's just like a downhill runner. He looked really good on a couple runs. I mean, I'm going to be starting him and moved him up in my rest of season rankings well inside my top 20. I think he might even be in my top 15 rest of the season. Top 15 running backs or overall players? Uh, running backs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a top 15 running back rest of season as well. I That's, uh, I believe, what I referred to him as in my article this week. So, yeah, I, you know, this has been a great year for rookies. I mean, first it was the wide receivers. Lately it's been the running backs. You yeah. know, we had Damian Pierce, and then we had Brees Hall, and now Kenneth Walker. They all – look like great options at this point so uh yeah I, it's it's wheels up for for kenneth walker um this was not a great game for the passing game for for the uh, seahawks but i'm not going to read too much into that it's just one game arizona's kind of a tough matchup as well so uh, yep. I, I think they'll bounce back 
Yeah, you're still going to start Metcalf and Lockett. I mean, similar to like they're the they're the poor man's version of Tyreek Hill and Waddle at this point. It, it's nice to have just those two guys in that route tree, and you can kind of count on them week after week, even though they did have a little bit of a dud here. Yep, for sure. Uh, next game was the game of the week. It was the Bills 24 and the Chiefs 20. Uh, Tony Romo called this scoreline in the first quarter. He said, this is not going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be one of those 24-20 to 20 games. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> um, it was a really you know, well-played game, a, a tightly contested game. Uh, came down to the very end. Um, but it was not the fantasy football bonanza that you might hope for, although both quarterbacks threw for over 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. So... We can't be too too critical of that. I mean, the, these teams, neither of these teams really, you know, play through their running game very much. It's their running game is sort of like an afterthought, you know. So, yeah, um, you know, Devin Singletary continues to do all right. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though, it's just d- devolving more and more into a three-way committee, which is bad news for him. The touchdown regression was always going to come, and yep. uh, now he's. He's a hard player to play. I mean, this game I thought he might be a decent option just because of uh, how high I th- the scoring I thought it was going to be. But um, you know, in a, in a typical game, I, I think uh, he's going to be hard to trust as an RB two. And you're right; it wasn't a total like bonanza. It didn't it didn't fly over the total. Um, it certainly could have. There were some turnovers and things like inside the red zone. Um, but if you started some of the usual suspects, you know, Diggs had a really good game, had a touchdown, 10 catches, 148. Gabe Davis had a touchdown. Even Dawson Knox coming back had a touchdown. Juju had a touchdown. Kelsey had over 100 yards. So you start, like, all those guys did well. Isaiah McKenzie was the only guy who was disappointing, and he almost got a, caught a touchdown too. So Yeah, he had know. a rough game, though. He made a few mistakes in this game. Yep, but McKenzie was probably the only bummer as far as fantasy goes. The other guys, like, you know, they all got you plenty of points. Well, MVS also. I, he had a touchdown called back on a penalty, and other and, and because of that, he ended up with zero catches for zero yards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that just goes to show you that, you know, next week he might be the one who has the Juju stat line. So I just don't know. The, I mean, Juju clearly seems to be the one you can trust the most um, other than Kelsey, but... I don't know, man. Week after week, I'm not really trusting these guys that much at all. <laughs> yeah, I want to give a shout out to Hardman. He's had a couple good games in a row, but yeah, um, you know, I feel like Hardman is just as good a bet as MVS to hit in any given week. But it is, it is really yep. just a roll of the dice. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned. I think you covered it pretty well on the uh, on the Buffalo side. Uh, it, you know, McKenzie is still kind of splitting those snaps a little with Shakir, so. That's something mm-hmm. to keep an eye on. We, 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 uh, I'll be a lot more interested in McKenzie if he's the a full time um, slot man for this team. Yep. Uh, all right. Sunday night football. Eagles twenty six. Cowboys seventeen. Uh, Dallas made a bit of a game of it. I mean, it looked like it was going to be a blowout early on. Cooper Rush was atrociously bad in the first half. Uh, he got a little bit better in the second half, but uh, certainly. It's time for Dak to come back <laughs> to save this <laughs> yeah. offense. I mean, they, you know, they they beat a number. Of, they, you know, they won a lot of games with Cooper Rush, but it's going to be they're not they're going to have trouble beating a team like Philadelphia in Philadelphia uh, without Dak Prescott. And I watch a lot of this game. I don't know that Cooper Rush really was any better in the second half. I think the running game got going. You know, the defense just stopped Philly. They got short fields. Um, other other than like the last drive of the game where CD Lamb kind of got some garbage time not garbage time points but they ended up basically being garbage time points you know like 
You're right. They made a game of it in the second half. But he just they just started like game. rolling him out a little bit, and he was he was hitting some like tight ends and stuff on the, you know, um, slant routes to, towards the sideline. But it was not it was nothing uh, nothing game breaking for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ferguson, you know, stepped in. Schultz was inactive. Schultz. I mean, I don't. You know, I know. You, you know, I don't really like Schultz that much. I tried to trade him in our dynasty league in the off season and never came to fruition. He's just to me. He's just a guy who's in a good spot um i think what we see what we saw with ferguson i mean that could be schultz in a week or two with Dak, so he might be a good buy low trade option um even though i'm, I'm not trying to talk not to talk out of both sides of my mouth here like i don't like him but at the same time like when he comes back situation. into that role yeah yeah he'll be fine well i i mean if if dalton schultz if Dak prescott had not gotten injured and had been playing all year and, and dalton schultz hadn't gotten injured and had been playing all year that would have been a pretty major fantasy football controversy because uh, Dalton Schultz was not only uh, he wasn't questionable; he was fully he had no injury designation. Yeah, for this game, and it's a Sunday night game, and then he doesn't play. I mean, that's like I feel bad for anyone that had him in their lineups. Um, thankfully, that's not nearly as many people as it would have been uh, if those injuries hadn't happened earlier in the year. But um, you know, I think I had him ranked as like my tight end fourteen for the week, and he didn't even yeah. play. So that was that was annoying, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I will say Zeke looked pretty surprisingly good in this game. Um, he did. And maybe he just owns the Eagles or something. I, I I know the broadcasters were talking about that, but he he seemed like he had a little extra pep in his step for this game. Honestly, that, I know that's some narrative, but like you know, I've watched a lot of Washington games in my years. I used to be a pretty pretty big Washington fan, and um, yeah, Zeke just he does he plays better. I feel like against the NFC East, he really gets up for these games. He does he. He starts eating and doing his little, you know, his little motion when he's, he's eating his he's eating his Campbell soup or whatever he's doing. I don't know, maybe some spaghetti. But yeah, on the on the Eagles side, I think you know you're starting all these guys. I think they're on a buy this week. But um, when they're not on a buy, you're starting Hurts, you're starting Sanders, you're starting AJ Brown. Man, AJ Brown almost had a second touchdown. He is just such a beast. I love me some AJ Brown. Um, he had a, he had a pretty good game, and this was good for me in my home league. I was facing Hurts, and I had AJ Brown, so I just. I love that he kept going to AJ Brown, and that that helped me squeak out a victory. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, the Eagles are a pretty uh, easy team to figure out at this point. I mean, they do still yeah. mix in some other running backs, but Sanders is the only one you really need to care about for fantasy. Yep. Uh, and I guess that will cover it for the wrap up of the week. So let's jump into the waiver wire, and as we always do, let's start at quarterback. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw out Jared Goff. I, he's 55% rostered, and he faces Dallas this week. So that's not a great matchup. But I think if you are looking for that rest-of-season option, I still think he's he's the best one you could find. Uh, he's got the receivers. He's got the bad defense that's going to lead to a lot of shootout games. So I don't love him against Dallas. I'll probably have him outside of my top 12 for that game. But I think he'll be a guy I rank in my top 12 more often than not um, rest of season. Yeah, I think rest of season, you're right. Um, I mean, I'll also just mention real quick, too. I know we try to stick to the 50%, but just just check and see if Derek Carr is on your waiver wire. He's coming off a bye. He's 78% rostered. Um, I, I imagine Dak is not available in most leagues, but he's 78% rostered, too. He's probably on most people's IRs in most competitive leagues. But, again, just especially with Carr coming off the bye, someone might have waived him in your league, and he's got a nice matchup against Houston this week. So, I'll be ranking him like as a top probably six or so quarterback this week for uh, Derek Carr. So. Yeah, and you know, in terms of streaming, I, you know, there's been a lot of talk about this, and I think it's right. It's just kind of 
the death of streaming quarterbacks. Like it's there's it's just a lot harder thing to do now than it used to be. There's less there's more of a drop off from the top QBs to the streamers uh, than there than there was in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we if you don't have you know there's a lot of quarterbacks that have just been super frustrating this year. If you have Aaron Rodgers or you have uh, Tom Brady or you have Russell Wilson or um, Matthew Stafford, all these guys that were supposed to be uh, every week starters. It's hard to say they're every week starters at this point. Maybe Brady still is, but the other ones, I, not so much. So, yeah. um, you know, you, you got in, in those situations, I think, like I mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, he's my top pickup uh, beyond Goff. I, he's versus Kansas City. Yeah. Um, you'd think they're going to have to throw a lot in this game. Uh, and I just, you know, I feel like he's got really good weapons and similar to what I was saying with the Dolphins, you know, McDaniels comes from the Shanahan school and Shanahan's the original, the OG just <laughs> puts his players in position to be successful. So Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of like the ultimate high floor play, like 250 yards, two touchdowns. You can almost just kind of like put it in the books. Yeah. And you can throw against Kansas city and you know, you might be in some negative game script to boot. So I'm with you. He's my, he's my number one, especially if you're streaming, like you said, uh, I would potentially even just go ahead and grab him over Jared Goff. Cause like you said, like Goff has Dallas, um, you know, coming off the bye, I think rest of the season we might see golf over Jimmy G, but it could be close. After Jimmy G, for me, the next two for me are Daniel Jones, who I mentioned who's at the Jags. He's getting no love. We've talked about him a couple times. He's, you know, he's a top 15 quarterback even without any weapons. And as his weapons are maybe getting a little healthier on the field, um, you know, he'll get better. And he has that rushing floor, which is yeah, great. He's, he's my number two as well. And, you know, I thought the Jaguars defense was good, but they just got completely lit up by Matt Ryan. <laughs> And yeah. they also got completely lit up by Carson Wentz in week one. So that's two times they've been lit up by questionable quarterbacks. So, um, you know, and Daniel Jones has been – he's playing really well this season. I mean, he's the QB 17 on the year, adds a little rushing value. Um, he'll be right sniffing my top 12 this week, I would think. Yep, I'm definitely going to have – I'm definitely going to have Jimmy G in my top 12, and Daniel Jones will be right there. Marcus Mariota is going to be not far behind. He's only 14% rostered still. And he's at Cincinnati in week seven. Uh, I'm sure they'll try to run the ball. He was very efficient. Maybe he won't be as efficient, but he might have to pass a little bit more this week. So I don't know. He, he's got that rushing ability too. So he's he's my number three. Yeah, I've got him as number three as well. We're, we're simpatico on all of this. Um, the Bengals gave up uh, 58 rushing yards to Lamar Jackson uh, two weeks ago. They gave up 39 to Taysom Hill last week. So I think you can expect a similar kind of total from Mariota on the ground, 30 to 50 uh, rushing yards uh, in addition to what he the, the the limited things he will do in the air I mean you're you're pretty much hoping for like one passing touchdown and then uh, a touchdown's worth of rushing yardage yeah that's fair yeah my, my next two I'm not too excited about I'll just <laughs> say I have Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill who are facing each other um, I don't know it's going to be a coin flip for me as to who to rank higher um, you could probably talk me into some other guys rest of the season like a Justin Fields or even a Mac Jones, uh, those those two are playing each other on Monday night coming up. But I don't know how healthy either one of them are going to be. So I wouldn't necessarily necessarily prioritize either one of them for this week. You'd have to wait on them for Monday night football, and I don't know that either is like a great matchup anyway. Yeah, my I mean the the guy I do have next is Fields, but I I don't feel great about it at all. I feel like he's I mean at New England is a nightmare matchup for him. Like, yeah, it's it's not going to be pretty. Like he could throw three picks in this game or something, but I do think that it is the the Konami code. You know, he's going to run. <laughs> he's it yeah. only takes one or two big 
plays with his legs. Like that's what happened last week. He didn't play well, but he still ended up with a decent fantasy performance just because of the rushing. So I, I think there's a big drop off though, honestly, after Garoppolo Jones and Mariota. So if you're doing like a Mm -hmm. fab situation and you really need to stream, like I wouldn't be afraid to throw a couple bucks at those guys just to make sure you get, get one of them. Um, I, and then, you know, I'm going to mention Jameis every week until he actually comes back. I don't think he's <laughs> going to play this week, but I still think he's um, similar to Goff. Like, he, he's another one that I could see as a as a full rest-of-season play. I mean, it's been a bumpy road so far, but uh, if they can just get all their receivers healthy and get Jameis healthy, I still think there's some, some potential there. Okay. Well, you want to move to running back? I think we might have some differences here. I don't think we're going to have all the same. Okay, that's interesting <laughs> to say. Um, sure. Well, why don't you start then? Well, I'll go ahead and we talked about Brian Robinson already. He's sixty-five percent rostered. I'm sure he would be. I, well, I would imagine he would be up there as your number one or close yes. to it. If yeah, you know. uh, just to preface it, I don't. I don't think this is a very good week at, for picking up running backs on the waiver wire. So yeah, uh, if you <laughs> if you need a running back this week, I mean, there's some guys you can look at as like a short term uh, sort of plug, you know, RB three flex type, and then there's other guys that I would rather stash if I don't need a starter. Yeah, my number one is Tyler Algier. He's right at that fifty percent rostered. I just really like the fact that Atlanta's running the ball a ton, just like you said when we covered that game. And, you know, Patterson is on the IR. Uh, Damian Williams didn't come back when he first could come back. So, Algier, you know, Huntley's getting some some run too, but there might be enough for both of them. And Algier is the guy who had a ton of touchdowns at BYU. So, I just think if they start finding themselves closer to the end zone, he might be punching it in a little bit. The touchdowns might actually come for him. So, I like Algier and the volume he's getting. Okay. Yeah, he's not my number one. <laughs> um, I thought he might not be. No, I I mean, I do think it's really an even split between him and Huntley uh, pretty much down the middle. And then, like you you know, like you alluded to, it could there could be some more cooks in that kitchen soon. I mean, Avery Williams was a factor two weeks ago, and then uh, Damian Williams could be back this week. Uh, Cordell Patterson's not too far away, so I'm not sure this is like a rest of season play necessarily either. And and that Cincinnati defense uh, has actually been pretty solid this year, both against the pass and the run. Um, I'm, I have to lead off with Kenyon Drake. I mean, he's the one that had the huge mm-hmm. game last week. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Dobbins. And based on performance, I mean, um, just last week, even before Dobbins left the game, I mean, I think it, I saw some stat that uh, I mentioned it in my article. Drake had like 64 yards above expected according to next gen stats and and Dobbins was negative 24 <laughs> below <laughs> expected so mm. i mean Dobbins did not look good and Drake looked really good so even if Dobbins is fine health wise i still think Drake could potentially play ahead of him next week and they play Cleveland so um that's a really good matchup um so if if you're looking for like a, a plug and play that that might be the way to go i do also like stashing Gus Edwards, though, because uh, he's only 15% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, and uh, he's working his way back. And if, if this Dobbins thing is a big issue, he could end up being the uh, the lead guy eventually. But um, that's kind of where I'm looking. And then Mike Boone, I, I, I don't know what he's doing tonight, but he's <laughs> yeah. only 41% rostered, um, gets the Jets next week, which is an improving defense, but certainly not a shy away matchup. Um, and, yeah, I just think he's kind of – uh, anything I say about him could sound stupid tomorrow because I don't know what's happening in tonight's game. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he's looked like, you know, a forty percent of the snaps kind of a guy 
um, last week and uh, can catch passes. And um, maybe that Denver offense starts to trend up a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Mike Boone. He was actually uh, my next guy on the list. I had Drake, and so Boone was my number three. And then I was just checking the box score. He has one target, no carries. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, hope- move him down then. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, on the fly, maybe I move him down a little bit. Yeah, he's – but, I mean, really no one's gotten a ton of uh, work yet. You know, there was a big touchdown to Dulcich in his first game back, which was nice to see um, if, you, if you'd stashed him. But, yeah, so far they, re- they just haven't done a whole lot on offense in general. So we'll see how that goes. Mike Boone – same same for me. And then next on my list is Rashad White, who we've talked about a ton. He's 34% rostered, and I just like how involved he's getting. I thought he was going to have a much bigger game last week, but I also thought that it might be in the second half when Tampa Bay was leading by two touchdowns, but that just isn't how things worked out now, was it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Yeah, I have a whole list of guys that I like stashing for upside if you have the bench space and you don't need a starter. You know, this is the a tough time of year to stash those kind of guys because you have bye weeks coming. Yep. Um, you know, especially at those like single player positions like quarterback and tight end, like you might just have to roster a second quarterback or a second tight end this week and you might not have space to, to stash some of these guys. But, you know, it's Joshua Kelly, it's Rashad White, it's Jalen Warren, it's Isaiah Pacheco, Zamir mm-hmm. White, uh, Kieran Williams, who we mentioned before, James Cook. All those guys, I like stashing for for upside. Like you could see a scenario where any of them are really valuable at some point, but as of now, they're not really they don't really have standalone value. So um, they're they're purely uh, sit and wait kind of commodities. Um, I did also want to briefly mention the the Carolina backups because it does mm. sound like a good chance that Christian McCaffrey is traded. Um, the problem I have with it though is I don't think. Deonta Foreman or Chuba Hubbard are particularly good. I think that offense is a total dumpster fire, and I think <laughs> it will be a pretty even committee. So I'm not like super gung ho about it. Like to me, it's almost like a poor like if McCaffrey's traded, it's like a poor man's Atlanta situation. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I'll just I'm, before we move on to re, uh, wide receiver, I'll mention a couple guys who you could probably plug in or at least consider in flex territory if you're really hurting this week. Number one, Mark Ingram. Now, again, these are going to be deep guys. Like, I'm ranking them sort of in my RB 40 to 45 range as, I've, as I'm starting to put together week seven. But Mark Ingram plays Thursday. Like, you were talking about Andy Dalton being dinged up as well. So, like, we could see a ton of running against the Cardinals on Thursday night. So, it's going to be Kamara. But Ingram, you know, he's getting mixed in too. And then Rex Burkhead's coming back. So, you know, he could be in negative game script, getting a few, uh, you know, catching some passes. We saw a lot of Damian Pierce, but we'll see some Burkhead too. So, those are just guys who you know, to consider in a pinch, they're veterans. No one's going to pick them up. Like don't, don't spend fab on these guys, but if you want to do like a $0 bid and just kind of see what happens, if you need to plug and play, you know, due to bye weeks. Yeah. I actually just recommended to one of my Twitter followers to, to stash, uh, Burkhead, uh, tonight before the game. If, if, um, they were hurting at running back just because, um, he would, you know, coming off the bye, he would be in like a league like Yahoo. You can just pick him up, um, before the Monday night game. Um, yep. Because they, they play Las Vegas next week, so that could be a game where they are in a more pass-heavy uh, game script, and that could mean more Burkhead. Um, uh, you know, Naheem Hines, we, also, I you know, he's 51% rostered, and he could be mm-hmm. back uh, this week. And, I mean, there's a scenario where he's back and Jonathan Taylor isn't, and then he'd be a True. pretty interesting play. But even if he's not, I think he's at least a warm body in the Mark Ingram mold where – if you need somebody to, to plug in as an RB three flex, like you can do it with him, you know, 
That's a good call because you mentioned Deion Jackson and the injury. Like Hines, that's that's not a bad call because you could pick him up and just wait and see what happens with the injuries. And maybe he is the the starting running back next week. That's exactly. not a bad. I didn't even consider it. Yeah, and you know with Deion Jackson, um, I, it's just hard for me to see a scenario where he um, is the 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 one that's healthy and able to play next week. And Taylor and Hines are both out. Right. Um, but if that was the case, like he he looked great, you know, so if you do have IR spots like I don't hate picking him up and just stashing him in an IR spot just in case uh, the Colts have more running back injuries um, and then he's able to come back. But, um, you know, for me, he's kind of like a, a Dearness Johnson or a Craig Reynolds, like one of these guys that like you should file their name away in your mind because like there could be another situation down the road where he gets another chance to shine. But as of now. Uh, in a in a redraft league, you probably don't need to uh, pick him up, and certainly don't spend any fab chasing last week's numbers. Yeah, wide receiver. So you know, I mentioned Allen Robinson before. Um, he's sixty six percent rostered and going on by. Um, I have three guys I would pick up ahead of him if he did get dropped in your league. Um, for me, those three guys are Michael Gallup. Rondale Moore and Wandale Robinson. Um, you know, I know people are probably frustrated with Michael Gallup at this point. He caught two of his seven targets. I mean, I, of all people, should be frustrated. He cost me a win. Um, <laughs> but Dak could be back next week, and they face Detroit. So now is definitely not the time to give up on Michael Gallup. I mean, if Dak comes back, I could see Gallup having a huge game against Detroit. Yeah, I, uh, I actually have Rondell Moore. I'm not trying to rub salt in your wound here, but I actually do have Rondell Moore as my clear number one uh, this week because just with what happened with the Marquise Brown injury and what we talked about with DeAndre Hopkins, we don't know if he's going to be great. He might just be more of a, not not a decoy, but you know what I mean? Like Moore might be the one who actually gets the most targets and he could be a post, post, post hype sleeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how many posts I need to put in there, but I just think Rondell Moore, you know, we, we've seen him be good so far this year. And uh, I'd like to see what he can do. He could end up being the number one receiver for the Cardinals for whatever that's worth rest of the season. So, yeah, I, I like it. I guess it might come down to scoring format. Like maybe maybe I could see that in PPR. Uh, I, I don't know. I I think Michael Gallup's a better player than Rondell Moore. I think he's in a potentially much better offense. Uh, I just yeah. I don't like that Cardinals passing game at all. Uh, but again, like I could see more being like a Curtis Samuel type. So. Uh, I do, I do definitely recommend picking him up. Uh, I just, I just think Gallup has like if, if if you if that offense starts doing starts clicking, you know, like it has with Dak the last couple of years. I mean, like Gallup could be an every week wide receiver too, and I feel like that's not really in, in the range of possibilities for more. I think he's more like a, a wide receiver three. Okay, well, Gallup's my number two, so you know it's it's one and two for me. But I'll just mention my number three, if available, would be Robert Woods at sixty-two percent. I know I'm cheating a little bit here, but I just want right. to point it out because he is coming off a buy as well. So you know, sixty-two percent, he probably was seventy percent a week ago. You know, so a lot of people drop him. So I would check the waiver wire for Robert Woods. That's a good point. I I didn't mention him because I you know the reason I mentioned Allen Robinson is because I think he he got dropped in a lot of leagues recently and people have been talking about it, but you're right. I mean, Robert Woods got dropped in a lot of leagues too because of the buy. So yep. uh, I would take Robert Woods over Allen Robinson. I agree with that. And, uh, and I take him over Wandale Robinson as well. Um, although I do like Wandale Robinson, he's only 8% rostered. So he's widely available. And uh, you know, 
it's it's kind of a roll of the dice to start him next week against yeah. Jacksonville, but I, I think he's a really nice stash. Like, uh, I think I, I, there's definitely a scenario where he's as good or better than Rondell Moore. I mean, I, to me, they're kind of similar players, to be honest, and uh, in similar offenses. I mean, I don't think that Cardinals offense is really uh, miles ahead of the Giants at this point. Well, it's like you said. I think it depends on do you need to start someone this week or are we looking at like – a, a rest of season guy for me the, the next two up if you need someone for next week it's nico collins for me who's 20 percent. i saw you recommend that as well like mm-hmm. you could have picked him up you know in like a yahoo league before this game even started and dropped whoever the last person was on your bench so yeah hopefully people saw that and did that because i like nico collins against the raiders uh a lot and then more like rest of season josh reynolds is up there for me too i think a lot of people have kind of forgotten about him hmm. um now dj chark is probably going to be healthy deandre swift may even be healthy so this might blow up in my face. I probably am not going to start him against Dallas, but I think rest of season, you know, he looked pretty good in sort of like that number two role. Um, so I don't know. I like I like uh, Josh Reynolds uh, rest of season as he's kind of like my number four or five pickup. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't even have him on my list, but I can see that argument. I'm just getting a piece of that Detroit passing game. Nico Collins was the guy I had next on my list um, for for all the reasons you mentioned. He's actually averaging over 60 yards per game over the last four games. They're going up against Las Vegas, so really nice matchup for him. Uh, and, you know, he's a Michigan guy. I love him. Um, I actually have back-to-back Michigan guys on my list because <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones is the next guy on my list, and he's gone over 50 yards in three games in a row. Uh, you know, his upside is certainly capped with Jacoby Brissett, but Deshaun Watson will be coming back eventually, and we're getting closer to thinking about that now. I mean, we're now – in heading into week seven, Deshaun Watson could be back in week 13. So uh, if you're a team that's like heading towards the playoffs, I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones, there's a path where he's kind of similar to like Michael Gallup, the number two receiver in a high octane passing game uh, in yep. time for the fantasy playoffs. A um, couple more, couple yeah, more guys yeah. we've, we've kind of, yeah, we've kind of talked about already, but I'll just mention Alec Pierce. He's 38%. He's next up for me. And then Zay Jones, 20%. He's, you know, Marvin Jones was out, um, but even with, even if Marvin Jones is active, I think Z- Zay Jones, you might be able to plug him in. Never would have thought that I would be saying that uh, here in week seven. You know, <laughs> week one, I had I don't, I don't know where I ranked him before the season started, but it wasn't in my top 30 or 40 wide receivers, I'll tell you that. But, yeah, he's he, that's where he is for me. He's sort of like seven, eight, you know, as we're getting down the wide receiver list. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, some other guys. Isaiah McKenzie. um I feel like he could get dropped in a lot of leagues, honestly, because he's 54% yeah. rostered. He had a bad game, and he's going on by. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons <laughs> you could consider dropping him, but maybe he's like one of those guys you stash uh, next week, like when he's coming off the buy, sort of like what I just said about Nico Collins um, and Rex Burkhead, like a guy you could pick up before the Monday night game or something next week uh, and stash on your roster, you know, because mm-hmm. I still think there's a lot of upside with McKenzie uh, if he can just lock down that slot role and play uh, more consistent football. And then Darnell Mooney, I mean, the, the targets are going up and the, yeah. the, you know, Chicago's starting to pass like an actual NFL team. <laughs> so uh, I think he's back in that like wide receiver three flex conversation. He just doesn't have a lot of upside still. Um, yeah. He- I forgot him actually. Cause he was 54%. I mean, I had a note, but I, I had a note that he would be my number five ad if available. So he's, he's right there. Like kind of around Josh Reynolds for me. Okay. Yeah. And then people are probably wondering why we haven't talked about chase Claypool. Cause he had that big game, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like it's, it's kind of fool's gold a little bit. Um, he's still, 
probably the third bet for me in that passing game rest of season in terms of fantasy value, and it's not a high-octane passing attack. So, um, you know, Claypool's the classic kind of guy who could blow up a couple times a year, but I don't think he's going to be uh, a consistent performer. Yeah, someone asked me today about uh, DeAndre Hopkins or Chase Claypool next week, and I'm like, ah, it's, it's so tough, uh, but I think... For me, it's Hopkins. Um, you know, as long as Lattimore's out and like I don't with the quick turnaround for Thursday night, I don't. I think the the Saints secondary is going to be depleted still. So, I think I would just go ahead and roll the dice with Hopkins uh, right out of the gates. Oh, I would too, definitely. Um, but yeah. rest of season, it's not even close. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. Tight end. Uh, you know, I'm going to start off with Robert Tunyon, 42% rostered. Got those 10 catches on 12 targets last week. I know that's not usually what happens with him, um, but like I said, with Cobb hurt, uh, I could see maybe his target share growing in a more sustainable way, and it's tight end. So there's just not a lot of great <laughs> options out there. I feel like, to me, he's pretty clearly uh, the top one this week. Yeah, he's my number one. Ag- agreed. It's it's clear. It's a big drop-off, and then I have kind of a bunch of guys, and I could put him in any kind of order. My next is Evan Ingram, even though I hate that, but <laughs> like the volume is there. Um, another guy on my list, Noah Fant, but he, he's a little bit further down, but it's kind of the same thing. Like they're getting targets right now. Um, one guy that we mentioned who I, I, I think I'll actually move up right now, because if we find out that Cameron Brait might miss some time, I think Kate Otten has some good upside there, you know? So I would actually bump him up to like maybe my number two or three here. If yep. we find out that Cameron Brait could be out a while. Yep. I have Daniel Bellinger and, K- and Kate Otten as my two and three behind Tunyon. Uh, I just, I like the young guys. I think they're talented. Evan Ingram, we've seen fail so many times. Like, I yeah. just, I'm not buying it, you know? Um, he's getting good usage, but I just don't. The best argument for him is that he's playing the Giants next week, so it's a revenge game. But mm. I feel like it might be a revenge game for the Giants more than for Ingram because he was so disappointing for them all those years. Um, I would rather go with their current tight end and their tight end of the future, Daniel Bellinger. He's been very highly graded by PFF. Uh, his playing time has gone up recently. And I, you know, the only thing that's missing is the target share, but uh, I think that could be next. So I really like Bellinger. I agree about Otten. Like to me, those two are neck and neck. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, if the Bucks start get back to uh, producing passing goodness like we thought they would <laughs> last week, then uh, if Otten is the main tight end, that that could be a plum a plum opportunity for him. Yeah, and I guess Bellinger could be, the, you know, has a better chance even than Otten to be the number one or two, you know, target there. So that's that's a good call, but in a, probably a lower volume pass attack. So yeah, there I, I can see that. Um, I also want to point out Hunter Henry, thirty six percent rostered. As long as Johnu Smith is out, and I don't know how long he's going to be out, but you know he's been he's been seeing some good usage last couple of weeks. I know you're not a big Hunter Henry guy, but he's he's been doing all right. If we're talking, I mean, these are kind of the further we go down tight end it's going to get pretty gross but that's he's the next guy on my list yeah i mean he made my list just because it yeah like you said it's pretty gross and gesicki too i mean like yeah every once in a while i mean just the fact he caught two touchdowns you know like that doesn't not many tight ends will do that so i think he's at least worth a mention but honestly the guy that i'm moving up my list as we as we speak here is greg dulcich he's he's currently he just got another end zone target he didn't pull Mm. it down but uh, he's yeah. got two catches for 44 yards and a touchdown tonight in his first game of his career. Uh, so <laughs> he's. I think I would put him up in the Bellinger and Otten tier for me. So it's 
the rookie wide receivers weeks one through three, then uh, running backs weeks four through five or six. Yep. <laughs> now and it's then the tight ends, ends baby. <laughs> the rookie tight ends. And then the, when, what about the rookie quarterbacks? When's Pickett <laughs> going to have his full breakout? Are we going to see Malik uh, soon enough? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe your boy Cade York is going to start going off here. Oh, yeah. Kicker. Rookie there we kickers. Go. The rookie kicker. Well, <laughs> he's gone off one way or another. <laughs> yeah. All right. Defenses. Um, it's got to be. I mean, speaking of Pickett, I think I, Miami has to be my number one. Uh, yeah. Facing off against that depleted. Uh, I mean, it could be Mitch Trubisky, which would probably be even better for the defense. Yeah, unless the Patriots happen to be available. They're 63%, so they didn't quite make the cut. But I'll just point out, they are, like we already mentioned them. They're playing the Bears on Monday Night Football. I think, you know, we just we saw them, you know, play well against the the, Bear, uh, the Bears, the Browns. And then the week before, they they shut out the Lions at home. So we could see them shut out the Bears, you know. We could mm-hmm. see that. So I think if they're available, I would check to see. But they probably, I mean, that, that roster percentage is going to go up to like 80 90% here th- this week. Right, right, right. I would put in some fab, honestly. Like if you're if you're streaming, I would put in four or five bucks out of a hundred or so just to try to get them this week. Okay. Um, I you know I think Cardinals um, at home against the Saints on a short week with all those injuries that the Saints are still dealing with. I think that's and and the Cardinals D is solid, so I think that's a decent option. And here's one I never would have expected that I'd be recommending coming into the year, but the Jets at Denver. I, you know, this is kind of reminds me of when I called the Panthers at the Rams last week, and the, they finished as a top ten fantasy defense, by the way. So it actually worked out, and I think it could work out with the Jets as well. They're underrated defense, playing well. Uh, that Denver offense has been struggling all year. Um, so I, you know, it, if it was in New York, I'd feel more confident about it, or in New Jersey, I guess you could say. But um, in Denver is a tough place to play. But all the same, I, I. Uh, I just don't see the Broncos putting up a lot of a lot of points against uh, against that Jets D. Well, I'll go to the other New York team and I'll say the Giants because they're playing at Jacksonville. I already mentioned they're an underdog, which I mean that's going to be some bulletin bulletin board material right there. Um, I think the Giants. I'm trying to pull up their schedule. I think I heard they've held every opponent to under 23 points this year. Yeah, yeah. so they're I mean, another really underrated defense. Yeah, so like I I, I figured this game even if they do lose the game maybe we're looking at a 24 20 you know like like romo called or something like that because the jags aren't exactly clicking on all cylinders you know they 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 had some kind of late second half uh, scoring against the colts um that was just i don't know so unexpected i thought that would have been a more low scoring game but anyway kind of like the giant the giants this week yeah no they're they're my next they're my next uh defense on my list as well and then and then my fifth would be the Bengals at home against the falcons i don't think it's a very high upside play because the falcons just run the ball constantly so you're not going to get a lot of sacks and turnovers but um they're not going to score a ton of points either yeah looking for some fumbles (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah uh kickers i'll let you give a couple kickers all right i I refuse i refuse to oh come on man (laughs) kickers are great everyone knows that (laughs) no half of people know that and the other half (laughs) don't or like Uh, me (laughs) (laughs) nick folk uh, 48% rostered at home against the Bears. Should be a very favorable game script for field goals uh, for New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Mayer, he's been good all year. They're facing the Lions, so there should, and Dak could be back. So I think there could be a lot of points scored in that game. So I like Mayer. Uh, and then the two Jasons, Jason Myers for Seattle and Jason Sanders for Miami. Uh, with Myers, he's been really good over the last month um, with that offense clicking. He's just... Uh, 
been been a field goal and extra point machine. And then Sanders, just you're looking at game script there um, against the Steelers. Okay. Um, I don't know if you want to go through like a ton of people to drop. I did want to mention the bye weeks real quick and just maybe go through a couple of those as far as like would you or wouldn't you drop them. I mean, we've got the Eagles, Vikings, Rams, and Bills all on bye this week. You know, we've talked about the Eagles. I don't think you're necessarily dropping anyone. You know, there's there's five or six guys there that are all – I mean, you can drop the defense, I suppose, if you had to, you know, if you're streaming D. But right. you're not you're not dropping any Eagles. You can we definitely drop about. Jake Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, please. Do not do not keep two kickers. Um, the Vikings, I mentioned Irv Smith. Uh, he's a guy you would probably drop, right? You said it's like – Yeah, I think you can. Yeah. Um, the Rams. Do you drop a guy like Matthew Stafford? Um going through the bye i think you probably do not in super flex but yeah in a in a 12 team single yeah. qb league yeah i mean matthew stafford has been terrible like yeah I, i'm trying to let me see where he ranks uh, among qbs and points per game he is currently the <laughs> get this he is the qb 31 whoa in points per game <laughs> yeah that's now that's that includes some guys who've only played three games um Oh my but, gosh. But let me I mean, still, that's like unbelievable. And in, in overall points, he's the QB twenty four. Yeah. Um, so I mean he's got fewer points than Tua, who's played two fewer games than him. Um you know, he's just he's behind Justin Fields, he's behind Russ, who's been terrible. He's behind Garoppolo, who wasn't the starter in week one. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is well ahead of Matthew Stafford <laughs> in fantasy scoring. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it. I, I do think it. I mean, he was just caught in one of my leagues, um, and I'm hurting a QB in that league because I have Aaron Rodgers, and I, I'm not picking Stafford up. So, I, I yeah. think you can drop him. I think Higby's been good enough that you you have to try to keep him through his bye. Oh and, yeah, and and have two tight ends. I mean, I know it stinks, but um, don't drop Higby. To, right, don't drop Higby. And, and like we said, if someone drops Allen Robinson, I think you can pick him up, you know, drop a guy like a Garrett Wilson or, you know, similar similar type guys. I would also just pay attention and see if, if people in your league drop Cam Akers um, because some people might just be in a roster crunch. They might be one in five or whatever and just be like, you know what, forget it. I don't want to take up the roster spot. So I would pick up a Cam Akers if someone happens to drop him because if they do find a trade partner, if he goes to a better place, maybe a fresh start, um, you know, or maybe you put in a, a low trade offer for a cam maker. So I would, I would consider that. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, I guess it's sort of like stashing Rashad white or something. It's like, maybe, exactly. maybe it turns into something. I just, exactly. I, I, the problem is I just don't know if cam makers is any good anymore. I mean, I, to me, that's kind of like what this comes down to. I feel like the Rams have decided he's not that good anymore yeah. and he still thinks he's really good. So I think that was what the source of this dispute they had was, was like he wants to be the guy there. And they were basically saying, well, you're not playing well enough to be the guy. And yeah, so mate, but, but again, it, it kind of comes down to the, the situation. Cause if a team trades significant draft capital to get him and they believe he's the guy, then they're going to give him the opportunity and opportunities King in the NFL. So, and I think the bye week could be a good, a good opportunity for the team to focus on. Let's let's try to get a, a trade partner for Cam Akers. You know, yeah. I mean, if you can week. trade Robbie Anderson, you can trade anybody. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then, so I, I like that. And with Allen Robinson, I'll just say like he to me he's the kind of player like I'd be okay dropping him and I'd be okay picking him up and stashing yeah. him. It just really comes down to your roster. Yeah, I think I, I think Isaiah McKenzie is in a similar, uh, but I, I would I would try to hold on to McKenzie a bit more in that Bills offense. Um, 
we, we already kind of talked about him. Try to keep him. See if someone drops him. You could stash him. Uh, Dawson Knox scored in his, you know, that, that game back. I think I'd still drop him, though. I mean, I don't think I'm keeping two tight ends, and one of them is Dawson Knox through his bye week. What about you? Yeah, I think that's fair. How many, I forget what his overall numbers were in that game, but yeah. I mean, either way, he's he hasn't been as integral a part of their passing game this year as he was last season. So, uh, yeah, I, I like... I don't think I've had him ranked in my top 10. I was kind of down on him coming into the season anyway because I just thought he was due for some major touchdown regression. But, um, yeah, I don't think I've had him ranked as a top 10 tight end at all this season. So that's that's not the kind of player you need to hold through your bye. Yep. Okay. Well, that's all the bye weeks. I guess good luck. You know, next we'll, we'll, we'll get into the week seven preview coming up. But, uh, yeah, those are the guys you can kind of hold or not, you know, going into the bye weeks. Yeah, that was a good way to frame it for sure. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, as usual, Bart and I will have our uh, week seven rankings up on the site later in the week. Uh, we will also uh, have updated rest of season rankings this week uh, coming probably Thursday. And uh, we are always happy to answer your waiver wire questions and your start to questions and any other questions you have on Twitter. Uh, I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.